Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week we have joining us Olivia Bellafontaine. So get ready for this because Olivia is one of the most sought after burlesque artists in Los Angeles. She creates her own stylized costumes and produces her own signature acts. She performs high energy vintage dance numbers that date from the 20s to the 70s. Eventually, though, she started producing and creative directing her own shows in LA, namely The House of Red Velvet, Blue Velvet, and Alligator Wine. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, <laughs> we had the pleasure of seeing uh, your House of Red Velvet at Bar Lubitsch. Um, which was so amazing. And it sounds like you have like different editions of it that come up. We do. Actually, at this point, we are working on our fifth edition, um, an all brand new show on October 18th. Um, and it's been a really fun ride. <laughs> so for our listeners who have never had the chance to see House of Red Velvet, how would you describe it? Um, simply, I say euphoric, dark art, surreal erotica. <laughs> I feel like that totally describes it. Like now that I've seen it, that is accurate, though. But it, like, leaves me, if I didn't know what it was, I'd be like, I need to go. And what can people expect if they go see? You can it? talk about previous iterations if you don't want to have any spoilers. Yeah, no week. spoilers. Of course, yes. Um, well, it's um, I wouldn't even really call it a burlesque show. <laughs> it's more of a performance art kind of sh- show. Um, there's no host in it. It sort of runs. Uh, uh, purely by the music, um, and it's uh, built kind of like a dream in a way. We we draw a lot of inspiration from or even our own dreams, too, and so it's sort of set up in that kind of idea that the audience is entering this other world, and almost like they fall asleep back in the back room of Barlubich and huh. experience this whole sort of metaphorical, weird, bizarre, hot Sexy, weird, <laughs> so like, for uh, dark example, dream. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, like, part of it that was exciting to me when I watched it. I mean, I'm someone who definitely combines like dark and sexy themes, um, but I feel like there's parts of it that were like frightening and like somewhat like sexy, grotesque. Like whether there's like aspects of blood or you know like indications of violence. How do you think? Like, how did you decide to pair sort of the disturbing with sexy? Uh, well, it's or is some, that just what's sexy to you? <laughs> exactly that, yeah. <laughs> I've always loved the same thing, like having the combination of erotic with disturbing um, because it can be just that. I, it's just always something I've always kind of felt when I started kind of learning more about myself, I guess, and experiencing different things and going to different sort of like underground clubs and things. What and, you kind know, of underground and, clubs? Uh, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think our listeners do either. Well, you know, just uh, when I moved to LA, like kind of going to the the underground like S&M clubs and everything. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of, that's when I think things really started to kind of, I started to learn more about, you know, different things that I liked and everything. And um and I, I don't know, I, lo- I think there's something very, like, beautiful in all of that, mm-hmm. you know? And I wanted, what I wanted to do with The House of Red Velvet is sort of provoke these different emotions um, in people. Um, I remember, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, actually, there's some additions that we have are, that are very, like, um, 
in a way can be very sort of sad for mm. people. Like I've had people write me saying, I went home and I cried immediately after I saw your, the show. And I love that. I love that either they get turned on. <laughs> I love on. making people cry. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, it's funny because I was about to say, I remember being in San Francisco at a burlesque show and it was before I started everything, started, started House Red Velvet. And I just remember talking to my friend and we were talking about how we love burlesque and everything, you know, but we were feeling, we weren't feeling challenged. We weren't feeling like we were doing something new and exciting. I mean, we still loved what we did, but, you know, and I remember turning to her and I was like, you know what? I really want to make people cry. <laughs> and, and now and you are. Was, <laughs> that's like my goal as a therapist. When they cry, I'm like, I got you. <laughs> but I think that's great that you can move people so much such that, such that they cry. And that they Absolutely. can cry and be turned on at the same time. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we've, like, I feel like we've been doing. And, and there were some of the responses that I've gotten have been both of that or, um, you know, either one. And I think that's, I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm very grateful for that. And that makes me very happy because I feel like we're, we're really doing something really special. I mean, this show is like my heart and soul. It's everything that I've ever wanted to do for a really long time. And it was risky. It was hard. I almost quit like the very, before we did the very first show, like three weeks before I was like, I can't do this. What am I doing? This is so stupid. Like, huh. why am I doing this? You know, but then I had a good friend of mine give me a good talk. Awesome. <laughs> and it, you know, from there it just, you know, gave me the confidence to kind of just keep doing it. And, you know, I still get nervous before every single new one we do, especially before every kind of <laughs> new, new edition we do, especially, you know, but, uh, so how did you come up with some of the mm -hmm. ideas? Um, well, it's definitely a collaboration in some ways. Um, I definitely lead it where th sometimes there's a certain theme or kind of idea that's sort of like an umbrella. Can you give an example um, of one? Um, well, for example, for the Attic Edition that we did, it was really about, I wanted to kind of really dive into okay, here we are, the House of Red Velvet. If you think of it really being this house in this otherworldly kind of place, what what is in the attic of a house? Like, what do you put in the attic of a house? Usually stuff that you do not want to see. Old dolls. So, <laughs> old dolls, yeah. Creepy old dolls. <laughs> Creepy old dolls. But the, the idea was just kind of like stuff that you don't want to see. And that one we did for oh. the very first time last year in October. Um, and... Um, it was kind of more, I wanted to do something that was Halloween related and that's some, that had sort of more of a very like darker, uh, more almost like, not, it's not really horror thing, I, I would say, but it's probably our most horror themed addition mm -hmm. um, because there's more blood in it. It's pretty messed no, up. No, she said some more ways. blood, not just more has blood. blood. Has more other blood. Not other of them have yeah. blood. Just, just laying that out there. Well, I guess, I mean, you know, people associate, yeah, blood with. But it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be that way. It's right. actually kind of, you What's know. What's your favorite fake blood? Or is it real blood that you're using? Oh, or is it oh. secret? <laughs> it depends. We've yeah. all bled at some point, I'm sure, by, because, <laughs> by not by purpose, but just because it's, we're very passionate about it. And, I mean, we've, I know, I've almost always go home with, like, bruises all over myself from the show just because it's, it's very intense Intense work, I guess. So I'm but. really curious. So now that you're saying this is your heart and your soul and you're curating this show and it means so much to you, I want to know how you got there. I want to know how you started in burlesque, how you felt motivated to do it, confident to do it, how you figured out what your burlesque persona was. Tell us about that. Sure. So um, 
as I mentioned before, I was going to a lot of underground clubs. Where did you move to LA from? <laughs> um, I'm from Southern California, actually. Okay. Yeah, so I was living in San Diego, finishing college, or going to college, finished in Fullerton. Um, so I, all of Southern California, uh, born and raised. And then I moved to LA, and I actually worked in the music business first, uh, behind a desk, nine to five job. It was fun because I got a lot of free concerts, which was great. Um, that was a plus. <laughs> that was the good perk. <laughs> I love music. Um, the show is very much centered around music, which we could talk about later. Um, but uh, basically, I moved to LA. Finally, was going out, met some girl that's still a friend of mine named Adrienne Lane. She's a TV writer name or TV writer now, <laughs> and um, she was doing a show. She did burlesque in New York for years, and she was doing a show called Kubrilesque, which was all, like, 12 Stanley Kubrick films done in a burlesque. Wow. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It was an awesome Were show. Were Yes, yeah, she asked me to be in it. She's, what were you? Um, I did The Killing, uh-huh. um, Spartacus, because I knew how to crack a whip. <laughs> and, <laughs> which you learned from the underground clubs. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, I, we did. A, we kind of mixed it up. Actually, in Berlin, I got to do a Clockwork Orange. We d- we went to overseas to Europe uh, to do it in Prague for ten days, and then Berlin, and then Amsterdam. And so cool. Yeah, there was yeah ten of us running around Europe like crazy kids. It was really fun. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so that was kind of how I fell into. It. She just sort of asked me, and I never really, you know, I didn't grow up really a trained dancer or anything. I, I danced. Um, in front of my mirror my whole life as a incredible, kid. You have but, impeccable uh, <laughs> posture. Yeah, oh, thank seriously. you. She, she's sitting in my lazy boy chair, and even <laughs> in that chair, there's a great posture. Thank you so much. I, uh, I played sports my whole life. Maybe that helped, but um, I owe a lot of it to, I just, I think I ra- was raised on music. My parents loved music so much, so it was part of my life. So I think I have a very good ear for it. And I took dance classes later in life, but, you know, I... Kind of just really, that's all how it happened. And from there, I got to know everybody. What did you do um, for doing that? How did you feel doing it for that first time? And what did you actually do on stage? I'm just fascinated if you remember. If I remember, yeah, so long ago. Um, <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I remember, it was, I was probably horrible, really, honestly. When I look think about it now, now, now I know what I know now, but. I mean, I was, of course, I was nervous. I'm still, I still get nervous. Doesn't my heart still beats really fast? Because to me, I feel like as long as it does that, you still care. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but it was, I don't know. It was just like I kind of was growing into getting to know myself, growing into myself, and kind of just taking more chances. And and but it was hard. It wasn't really like easy. I had to learn like how to make costumes, how to put together costumes. When I look back what I was doing, I was like, oh, yeah, I was so green, you know. But, you know, we all are when we start something. So, But I took it seriously, and I made myself a website, and I, you know, started upgrading my costumes over time and thinking, so, like, what works and everything. So you made the decision, like, I'm going to do this. I did, and I, it was kind of, I don't, I don't remember it really being so much, like, a set decision. I just wanted to because I loved it. I loved being on the stage and I, I just wanted to do and I wanted to take it seriously and I wanted to do other shows and and see what I can do with it and see how far I can get with it. And, you know, I'm grateful for, for what I've 
been able to do with it. But So for folks <laughs> who might be interested in starting a career in burlesque, do you have any tips for how to kind of break down that barrier and get into it? Um, hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, do it. Just do it. Like, you have to be, like, a little bit of a risk taker, I think, in ways. And get to know yourself. Like, find out what music really works for you and your style and finding out um, what you, what also, what kind of style you want to do. You, not, you don't have to do the vintage classic burlesque, you know. There's so much space and room for, like, neo-burlesque, which is great, and I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm rock and roll and blues girl, so, like, I love dancing to that kind of music, um, you know. So I think, I think just researching, knowing what, where the history of burlesque is and then going out and seeing shows and meeting people and then just going out there and doing it. Cause there are shows that hire new people, you know I mean? It's still yeah. such a small scene. So I think that would be my best advice. She was like, I would love to try doing this. I'm so scared, but I'm going to do it. And yeah. And she killed it. She like, did this whole routine and she was like, okay, now I've done it. I don't know if I want to keep doing it, but she like took her clothes off in front of a crowd with like pasties. And it was like, feels it's fun. It was like, fun. I love yeah, it. I've never done that. I've never done that. I kind of want to, whenever I go to like, whenever we go to like jumbos or something, or whenever I see anyone like on a strip, like, pole, we want to work here. I, like, I want to do that. No, I have, I have considered it like on a serious level, but because of the work that I do, I worry that I can't find a location um, that my clients won't come to to watch sure. me take my clothes off, yeah. which like I wish it didn't matter. But it's like maybe I'll go to you know Palmdale or something and find a far, a far away place, <laughs> a far away place, yeah, <laughs> where I can take my clothes off in peace. I were understand you the that. First time you got naked, or I don't know how naked you get, but were you nervous? Um, just uh, pasties and thong. Oh, of course. I, I yeah. I actually used to hate pasties because I didn't like the way they looked on me because I'm small chested. Not that that matters, but I didn't know how to make them right. So I always felt like they didn't look right, but like then in, they were like too big, small, crooked. What? Yeah, like I think they were like they were too big. So then I looked smaller. I don't know. I care. I cared too much though at the time. I mean, I, I love small boobs. I love any boobs are fine, you know. But boobs I think great. like <laughs> like I just didn't know how to make them. So I like sometimes I'd see and I was wasn't really happy. This was like a long like years and years ago. Now I don't care, but. <laughs> But I learned how to make them properly. And that's what good, one good thing to know is, I mean, we all make our own costumes. How do you make them a proper together, so. Well, I make them to fit the exact nipple because you shouldn't make them really any bigger than that. Maybe some girls do. I mean, I'm I not a pro, really. I have big fucking nipples. So, like, They're so variable, too. It's <laughs> yeah, like depending they, on the temperature, it could be like, where's my nipple? And then if it's cold, I'm sure. like, oh, look at that pretty little thing. Sure. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. Uh, but I also, I make mine like a sli- slightly more pointier because I think it looks kind of cute. What material do you use? <laughs> What's that? What material do you use? Like, how do you do it? Um, so you like hold like cardboard to your nipple and like draw a circle? No, it's um, um, buckram. I use buckram, which I make like hats out of, okay. like to mold the hats. And then you just sort of... Um, yeah, I'm not one of those, like, I measure everything, seamstress, super pro. I, I like, kind of, I mean, I have Pasty a sewing machine. Yeah, exactly. I kind of, I'm like, okay, I think this is a shape. I cut out a circle that looks similar to it, hold it up, 
if I need to cut a little more around, I will. <laughs> make it pointy. And then, yeah, and then you just sort of cut, you like fold it, make sure you find the little middle part, and then cut the cut to the center of that, and then you have to fold it over so then it points out, and then will sit on your... And what, how does it then. stick? Um, I use double-sided like wig tape, oh. like costume tape. That Yeah, so that's like... I've lost pasties many times. I guess I sweat right through it a lot of times, and especially in the summer. So <laughs> I've had to find like really strong stuff. I don't really like the glue. Really, some girls. You can get in too, big trouble, but. right? If your pasty falls off, right? Um, you know, in some places you can. I, um, I knew a girl who got yeah in trouble in somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Mm. Well, Texas. <laughs> actually, I think if I remember, she lost one and then said, "Screw it," and threw up. Threw off the other one. <laughs> you don't want to be lopsided. <laughs> that was the part that she got in trouble for. Yeah, I mean, in L.A., you know, it happens. Most of the time, because it's kind of a shocking, like, we tend to grab ourselves like, oh, oops. <laughs> you know, but, like, when I was in Berlin, like, no problem. I was like, whatever. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> there, you know. How does your performance mm-hmm. maybe change when you're in different countries? Does it change at all? Um... Well, I mean, yeah, I'm in Berlin. I felt a little bit more free to, yeah. like, be okay with being, like, topless. But honestly, it was an accident. It wasn't supposed to come off. I, uh, just when it did, I did, like, what my friend did. I just threw off the other one and was like, whatever. <laughs> this Berlin. club is so hot anyways. It's because it's, sw- it's sweaty in here. How did that make you feel to, like, go fully topless and not care? Because it sounds like that was the first time. Honestly, yeah, it was. Uh, um... You know, in the moment, because I was dancing to a live band and it they were it was rock and roll and it was crazy and it was so fun. Like I didn't care. But there was a time though, like all the at curtain call, all the girls, because another girl lost her paces too, they all wanted to just go topless on the curtain call. And there was a little part of me that was like, Oh, I don't want to like I wanna I felt a little shy. That's believe fine. it or not. <laughs> Sometimes I do. It's like I'm in a I'm in a mood. I'm a mood person. So if there's times when I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. But there's times I do, then I do. <laughs> well, speaking of mood, you were talking about music, and it sounds like that really sets the stage for for you and for the mood of the performance. How yes. do you choose your music? Um, I have a playlist that of music, multiple playlists now because some that have gone strictly for the House of Red Velvet, but. Um, I started a playlist years ago when I started, and I just added music. Anytime I'd hear something that I felt like, oh, that could be a good burlesque song, I just kept adding it on. And House of Red Velvet has its own playlist as well. And sometimes it's just for like the ambience music that plays before the show starts, which mm-hmm. is very important to me in that show also because it's creating it's that like the whole, foreplay. Exactly. <laughs> it's that foreplay and, and it's creating that whole atmosphere of what we're – that the environment that we're trying to create for that show. So music to me is the best thing in the entire world. It's the one thing that I absolutely would never want to live without. I love it. And it, it inspires me so much on every kind of level. A lot of times I just, um, my neighbors must love me. I listen to the same song over and over and oh, over and over too. and over and over and over again. Yes. What's on and, your docket right now? Yes, exactly. What I'm working on, I will just, and then let my mind just kind of like, kind of go see what it comes up with a lot mm. of times. Because sometimes I find a piece of music and it's not really quite right away, but I love it so much. It's so good. And I know I'm going to find something about it. And then other times I, I draw a lot for 
like I said, as from dreams with the House of Velvet, my own dreams. Um, wow. So I'll sometimes with that. I want to live I'll, in your dreams. <laughs> well, you can just go to House of Red Velvet. So, yeah, but that's not like every night. True. <laughs> I wish it was. No, it's so it's too intense. We could we'd need a break. <laughs> Um, you also you also do another show called Blue Velvet. What's the yes. difference? Yes, um, Blue, Blue Velvet. Velvet. Yes, we don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> oh, sorry, there's no song. <laughs> um, Blue Velvet is with a live band. Um, it's uh, kind of described as sort of like an opium den, opium den blues. Um, it's no set list, no choreography of any kind. It's with dancers and with this live band, Dave Cavalier Trio, who I am so fortunate to work with. They are insanely amazing. Three hot guys, too, which helps. Which <laughs> <laughs> is nice to look at. <laughs> so when's that show? Um, uh, right now, we're. Uh, I'm not sure when the next show is. We just uh, finished some residencies at the Peppermint Club. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so, um, so that will be... not choreographed. It's just music and dancers and whatever happens. No, happen. basically, I was inspired by uh, this Jack White quote I read um, about how he doesn't use set lists during his concerts. And I was um, that he and he does that so that the band can fully be engaged with each other. That they have to pay attention. They can't go on autopilot and just see what's what's next. So I was kind of I wanted to do a band project. I loved always. It was like I said, I was raised on blues and rock and roll music. So I wanted that kind of um, outlet. So I um, thought with that kind of idea. Okay, let's do this show with this band. There's nothing. We don't even know what's going to happen. Each time we go into it, we don't know. We have to pay attention to, to each other. We have to fully engage and be present and connect with each other. And I wanted to just see what happened with that. And it's the team I have now has been so amazing. Like they've been so great to work with. We've done shows at Bar Lubitsch, the other Jor, Clifton's Republic. Um, and we do a different rend- alligator wine is the same people, but it's a different rendition because it was made uh, for like a for that style of that venue, which is like an early 1900s like Storyville, like mm-hmm. the brothels of New Orleans. So we dress in that attire. Oh, so um, cool! But yeah, Blue Velvet was the first project, um, but we had you know the same people, so we just changed the costuming a little bit, called it something else. <laughs> so how did you um, get from that first going back a little bit? How did you get from that first show? That your friend kind Kubrick, of introduced you. Yeah, the Kubrick-esque. To making your own shows. Oh, well, I mean, I was doing, I've done burlesque for so long now. Like so how long? I think it's been like eight years. Wow. Um, yeah, um, a long time. <laughs> um, seven or eight, yeah, I think eight years. I don't know, I forget, I don't really count. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I was just... I think it got to the point where, like I was saying, I had the conversation with my friend in San Francisco. I wasn't, I loved all the shows I, I was doing and everything, but I was, wasn't feeling challenged in my work really anymore. And I wanted to, there were so many things I wanted to do that kind of like, I wanted to do them, but I never really did or I, I wasn't trying to. And just, I thought, you know what, I need to do this if I need to, I'm going to take the risk and do this. Like, I want to do this. I, I need something else. I need, I'm tired of doing, like, classic burlesque or I'm tired of doing just, like, you know, every, like, hosted type, type of show and mm-hmm. everything. And I wanted just, like, a different formula and a different, like, way 
to do something. Um, and so the House of Red Velvet kind of came out of that. And I just always, when I first kind of even started, I even before Kubrilesque, I remember doing a couple performances in like some like underground kind of like gothy clubs or whatever too. Just small ones, small stuff, you know, like a little Betty Page those kind of like. Those underground clubs again. Those underground, <laughs> underground clubs. Like what the fuck am I missing I'm out sure on? I'm sure we've been to most of these. Simone. <laughs> I want to go to more underground. Clubs. I like calling him that. I don't know. Why. <laughs> Just but, feels, uh, feels dark. Yeah, it does. It's like underground moist. Yeah. Oh, moist. Exactly. Stalactites <laughs> in the basement. I don't know where I'm going with that. Proceed. It's okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was. Um, I those were kind of you know I was always asked to sort of do like darker things or more performance art based stuff and I wanted to go back to that and you know just but but, but now with more like sophisticated approach being knowing that I know I've been in enough shows to see how to kind of run them and do them so Nicolette has seen a very fair amount of burlesque I've seen definitely less than that so I'm curious how you would describe the differences between this like classical burlesque that you or traditional or whatever that was Good question. Quote unquote boring to you. And now what you get to do now, like this, what is this dark stuff compared to like Sure. Sure. I'd hate to say boring to me. Yeah, I guess boring. I got like, I don't know if you, you, you had your fill with it and now yes, something new. Exactly. It wasn't challenging. Right. It was everybody does it. It's like, okay, all so, right. <laughs> so what kind of stuff is um, that? Well, I mean, you know, your classic jazz 40s standards or 50s, you know, that's like the but on, but on, you know, pin y and it, it's cute and it's fun. But you know, it's it's done. It's done. It's been done. It's been done a million times. And like first you, know? you have a fan, and then yeah. or first you take off your glove, and then you have a fan, and then you hip thrust, and then at the sure. end it's like pasty and, and twirl your tip. Yes, and they're and they're great. And in the right environment, you do the great. twirl the tassel on the pasty trick. It's pretty. You know, actually, I. I not like not like some girls I've seen that are some like really are like, super. It's pro. easier if you're like larger chested up. or no. Well, you know what? Honestly, you you how you make them is like you use a little barrel swivel that you put through the center of the pasty. No. It's like for like fishing lines it's or whatever. Cheating. I don't know. Oh. It's like when we found out about caverjet and porn. <laughs> caverjet or penis pumps. I guess it kind of is because you basically just have to like just shake in a way or jump and, up and, and down and they spinning. will. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you still have to kind of work it because you can't just, you know, move it. There's a certain shoulder move. She's doing and this like perfect little yeah. shimmy right now. You I know. I'm doing it with you. I'm just like, I'm just like, but you're, no, no. It's like whenever someone says kegel, I have to do a kegel. Yeah. Like I just did one. doing it. Olivia's doing it super gracefully, and Nicoletta and I are just like, like swag. Before you got here, we were watching this, this Rachel Bloom's heavy boobies video. Love have it. you seen that? I don't think I have. It's a, it's pretty funny. Okay, anyway, so so that's more the classic stuff, and so then you got yes. the opportunity to do more darker stuff. And what would that be? Yes. Um, well, I mean, it's more I guess performance art base where there's um, to me it like. Imagery is so important, and I'm kind of driven off more on imagery, less on maybe really, like, intense stories, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, they can be that too, but I kind of like the more kind of sort of surreal aspects of the kind of dark art performance stuff, you know, and like— Can you, like, describe the tableau? (laughs) You don't um, remember well, watching you know, it? I, I, I just want our listeners to know. Sure, oh, sorry. sure. Then you should go see the show and <laughs> well, buy a ticket. Most of them don't. Most of them don't live in LA. <laughs> Fly out for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, 
I ha- I was in Catholic school um, <laughs> when I was That's young. how every good story starts. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, one of the first shows that we did, um, it was kind of, I had this sort of idea of this Mother Mary sort of figure that was kind of like a dominatrix in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we, I used that act in, um, in the first edition of the house red velvet. And I had the sort of flower, but this long spike, um, uh, crown and everything. So it had sort of this very like Ooh. mother Mary look, but there was still something sort of like kind of dark about it. And of course, like, you know, she was, she smoked a cigarette and she had a writing crop and <laughs> she spit wine in a submissive's mouth, <laughs> you know? I love it. Um, like just As the, most nuns do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. How do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble, Simone. Whatever, this is a musical episode. <laughs> I love it. Um, yes. That's amazing. So, but yeah, there's, there's all kinds of different things. I think, the, I mean, the addition that you had, the, uh, you know, death is of obviously a, common theme if it's not in every single uh, House of Red Velvet. There's some sort of aspect about death, um, which is, a you know, you can do so much with. But um, Why do you choose the, to? Um, well, it's, it's simply fascinating to me because it's inevitable. It's really, you know, it's an inevitable thing that you can't ever avoid the one thing that you can't mm-hmm. escape. Um, you know, so in hearing about uh, how different, um, I have this really great book um, that sometimes I refer to for some like inspiration. Um, and it talks a lot about like just different uh, things about death that's like, you know, anything from like cremation to. Is it Caitlin you know, Doty's book? Have you um, watched her stuff? This is an undertaker that Nicoletta is in love with. Uh, yeah, I want you to come on the podcast if you're listening. Um, it, she has a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. Actually, I have seen her stuff. I feel like you would like her stuff. And I, I do. I think she has a book called From Here to Eternity or something. Oh, no, I don't know this. What's I, the book you're referring to? Um, it's, um, oh, I'm going to lose myself because I'm forgetting the title right now. Um, <laughs> I'm distracted. I'm sorry. You. It's my fault. <laughs> my obsession with this undertaker. This is horrible. I'm still jet lagged. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course. Oh yeah. It's like so you just got back from Berlin. I did. What were you doing there this I time? I did. Or was this the pasty, recent pasty thing? Oh no, no, no. That, uh, that was another time I was oh. there. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I have a, a, my boyfriend's in uh, is German and lives in Berlin. Ah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> so you're in this wild, long distance relationship right now. Oh, that's do you do burlesque for him over Skype? <laughs> I've danced for him before. Yeah. Yes. How did? How did? Um, was it planned or were you? I've danced like for him in whim? person too. Um, I sh- um, the I uh, well, no, it's kind of. I think usually on the whim. He's going to hear this later. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just curious, like, how it feels to dance for, like, a single person versus a show. Oh, oh. Um, you know, it's it's more fun for to do it for him because you can, can go totally nude, too. <laughs> <laughs> nude? You get nude? Can I, I keep do. those pasties on? I, they, I don't even wear them. <laughs> so how do you find the balance between doing that for a career and then maybe using the things that you like for personal partners. You know, it got, it got to be honest, it's hard and it's probably something that I can always keep to work on because um, a lot of times you're like, 
you're tired, tired. of it. Yeah, and I hate mm. to say that. I hate to be. I don't want to. I don't want to be like that. You know, because I love. I love feeling, you know, sexy in like your personal life, of course, you know, like anybody else. <laughs> but um, it is hard. I have to kind of sort of train myself to remember to, you know, kind of, I don't know, just remember that part that that's important to you mm-hmm. for like my partner and, and for me too in that kind of life. Like it's, but yeah, sometimes it's not always easy because you, like, you perform and, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like they have high sexual expectations for you? Like, not necessarily your current partner, but in the past, or even just like, um, like had, if they watch a show and they're like, "Oh, I bet she does." Blah blah blah. I had a lot of jealous boyfriends about with burlesque. They had a problem with it. Unfortunately, it was always kind of like, "Well, you're sexy for everyone else," or "Oh, you're doing." It. And I'm like, "That's how dare you say that? Like, yeah. that's just not. That's not what I'm doing. I'm doing a performance. That's." not just supposed to be sexy for everyone else. That's, you know, there's so much more to that. So mm-hmm. that was like very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. Good thing they're ex-boyfriends. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They don't get it. Um, <laughs> I had to go to Germany to find, <laughs> find the Those one that got it. <laughs> yeah, it's he's super supportive. I know. He's super supportive. I, I love that. He actually is the voice of the House of Red Velvet. Oh. Because I love. German culture and Berlin so much, and this show was very inspired by Berlin and the whole world out there. I wanted to incorporate the German language in it, and he does. Um, if you remember, he there's um, voiceover. Yeah, do it, do of, it for us. <laughs> oh, mein Deutsche nicht. Very bad. <laughs> I wish my uh, Deutsch was. Better. Deutsch. <laughs> yeah. Simone's Deutsch is probably the best out of all of us. One of my favorite German words is Leidenschaft, though, which means passion. Leidenschaft. Mm, Leidenschaft. Yeah. It's a beautiful word. I just word like Schadenfreude. <laughs> One of the first phrases my um, Austrian family taught me was, um, Du bist meine Schlampe. Ah. That means you're my, like, you're my slut. You're oh. my bitch. You're my bitch. <laughs> Schlampe. <laughs> I, I know all the important phrases, right? He's gonna love this one. I know Harden Schwanz, which is hard cock. Harden Schwanz. <laughs> so, yeah. sluts and scholars would give you a linguistic education, too. Yes. Yeah, but only the dirty words. <laughs> what else do you need? Oh, and fuck is it fick, ficken? Ficken. Yes. I used to say, Gilm deine Mutter zu ficken. I don't know if that's like an actually way <laughs> to say mean? Go and fuck your mother. Whoa! Whoa! He's going to love this. <laughs> shout out. Schrei out. I'm schrei out. I don't know if See, your shout out. Is, is good. Dated one for a while. My dad oh. would be proud of you. Uh, so when you're performing, aside from maybe the German voice in the background, what makes you feel sexy and confident to get out there and do it? Um, well, the music is powerful for me um, because I really get lost in it when I perform. I'm really listening so hard to that music and I'm really letting myself like feel it. So I think that is one aspect. And also, um, I mean, connecting with that, the crowd and the audience and hopefully giving some them something that they feel inspired by, I guess that idea. I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily thinking about that, <laughs> That's sort of something that kind of comes mm-hmm. after and before. But, um, you know, music really is like everything that I think that kind of drives me. And then 
Do you have you know. a favorite song that like immediately if that turns on, you know that like you feel sexy or it's like the song itself is just like so exciting? Oh, oh man. My junk from so... Spring Awakening. Really? <laughs> yeah, I fucked that song in high school. Mine was uh, Flesh for Fantasy, Billy Idol. Ooh. That's a good one. I did a Billy Idol music video once, and I got to ride off in a car with him. Later, oh, like amazing! Couple Shout years, out to my friend years ago, Billy but. Morrison, who's one of his guitarists. Oh, yeah, wonderful! Hey, man. <laughs> I have an amazing nude art piece from him. Um, what was the music video? It was the save. Um, like it was God one from the Queen. Is that the newer? No, it was like a couple a year ago from the last album. I'm I'm sorry, jet lag again. No, save totally save the something. Somebody, I'm like forgetting the no, names of everything. Right? Don't worry. You were in it though. That was the important part. I was in it. Yes. Um, <laughs> was he? What, did you get along with him, or you didn't really? Oh get a yeah. Chance to chat? I mean, you know, it wasn't like a long conversation or anything. But he was very nice though, and very respectful. <laughs> yeah, I always thought he was a he was a hottie. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're running a little bit out of time, but I really want to ask you kind of something that we like to ask all of our guests is. Your chosen career is in the sex field, right? Mm-hmm. And have you, or you're very open about being a sexual person or a sensual mm-hmm. person or being a burlesque dancer, whatever. Do you feel or have you ever been judged by people, family, friends, prospective jobs, anything partners. like that? Partners? Because um, of that? Um, yes, I mean, I'm sure I have. A lot of it I feel like I maybe haven't necessarily paid the most attention to because I love what I do and mm-hmm. I'm proud of what I do. Um, and that's important to me. And I forget sometimes to not, to not put a filter on it. Sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, and I talk about it and I'm, cause I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. But then I do remember it's, I've seen, you know, some people kind of like, Oh, you know, I mean, my family, unfortunately, I mean, they know, but, um, I don't talk about it with them. Um, you know, you can't not, be like crazy day at work today, Dad. Yeah, I just don't really talk about my work too much. Mm. But I mean, it's usually like, oh, I have a job, and that's it. Which, Which is, is funny because you said you grew up with rock and roll and blues, and yeah. so you're like using the music to. to yeah, do I know. Like they only knew. I mean, not that they're. I mean, they're not really super conservative or anything. But I think they just. They. They know. I think it's more like they want me to get a real job. <laughs> Probably this is a real job. I know. I would, it seems in a like way, you really love what you do. I do love what I do, and with being able to produce and creative direct things, I mean, I a lot of my pe- friends tell me like, they should be so proud of that. You should talk about that. But I'm like, uh, I think they're never going to see a show. But I'm okay with that. It's okay. You know, they're good parents. I love them, and it's fine. They don't need to know every aspect of my life. Do you have <laughs> other jobs that are not in this space? And do you have to um, keep not it right now? Well, I mean, or I've in the past, done, maybe you, like, been, very successful. I've done acting. Um, I, that's taken sort of a backseat in the past year because of producing's been so time consuming. But I've been in like over ten music videos. I've done a couple like small feature films or indie films and stuff. And I kind of want to get back a little, little bit back into acting. I really do enjoy it. Um, but that's kind of all what I've been doing sort of the past several years. And those people don't have a any issue with. What you do? Uh, what people? No, I'm oh. just because oh, act- sometimes we have people on the show that have like multiple jobs, and one job is like vanilla or whatever, and one job is like right. you being oh, a burlesque dancer, yeah, sure. exactly, and like sure. feeling like you can't tell them. But I feel like movies no. are pretty okay. 
Yeah, exactly. Like acting is like kind of a whole different field, and it, that's like easy to talk about people. But like I said, uh, or talk to people about. Um, but like I said, I mean, burlesque. Act, I don't know. I don't really hide it too much, really. Well, that's um, wonderful. Good. Yeah, we don't think you should. No. <laughs> we, we don't think you that. should. We fully support Thank you. It. <laughs> so. We have had such a lovely time interviewing you, um, and I wish you could. Well, maybe we'll take a picture, but I wish you could see uh, what she's wearing. I told her earlier she looks gorgeous. like a glamorous Stevie Nicks. Not oh, that Stevie Nicks that. isn't glamorous on her own. Um, <laughs> but how can people find you if they want to follow your work and check out your shows? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> OliviaBellafontaine.com or TheHouseOfRedVelvet.com to go direct, which will actually lead you to my website. Because it's on the, all in there, but it'll take you directly to that that show. Awesome. Yeah. And your tell us one more time the details for your upcoming show. Yes. Yes. Uh, October eighteenth at Bar Lubitsch in West Hollywood. Uh, we are doing for the first time a members pre show, which is only for ten people. It's already sold out though. But we do have tickets for our main event show, which will be at nine or doors are eight thirty nine p.m. start, uh, and you can get them at. Uh, thehouseofredvelvet.com or darkoctober.brownpapertickets.com. And we might be there too. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to yes. meet us, we'll see you there. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much oh, um, thank for you. listening <laughs> and for joining us. Um, and to the folks out there, thanks for joining us for another week of Sluts and Scholars. If you want to follow what we're doing and check out our next episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. And if you have a rant or a question or something you want to tell us about sex, you can email us at slutsandscholars at gmail. And now you, I think you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. SoundCloud. So, Sound, SoundCloud. So subscribe, tune in, and let us know what you think. And most importantly, if you like it, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We love hanging out with you. See you next week.